Welcome to Ensemble, where the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. This week's bite-sized podcast is going to summarize the most important stories in the financial and crypto world for you. My name is Dean, with me is Tim, and today we are your Ensemble. Well, Dino, it was an awesome week in the traditional markets and the banking sector, with inflation coming down to Ensemblers 3%. It was just a year ago when we were in double-digit inflation, so an amazing bit of progress there. And this week, we also had the second quarter results for the banks in America, which showed amazing resilience after the banking collapse in March of Signature, Silvergate and Valley Bank, with JP Morgan and Wells Fargo boasting increases in their returns of 67% and 57%. So the question that really begs now is, has the Fed orchestrated the mythical soft landing? Are we at an inflection point where things might be clearer moving forward? Can we look at a potential bull run moving forward? And will the Fed start to lower interest rates in order to stimulate spending? Either way, some optimistic optimistic things going on in the markets. Tim, you mentioned the fact that the banks have had good returns, but one bank that has not had the most positive news is the Bank of America, who this past week was fined $250 million. Out of that $250 million, $100 million is being is going to consumers who were harmed as forms of damages and restitution. Another $150 million are being paid in civil penalties. So what actually happened and what did the bank violate? Well, it's a pretty crazy story that really isn't getting enough attention considering what Bank of America and Merrill Lynch have done over the last decade and at least since the global financial crisis. The allegations are that they harmed consumers by double dipping on fees, double charging you guys, withholding credit card rewards, so not allowing you your money, your rewards, and opening fake accounts. It's really, really crazy stuff that's going on with Bank of America. Only the big banks would be able to get away with it. Whilst there's been a lot of backlash to many other smaller banks in the US, the Bank of America is definitely not spoken about enough and it's not the first time that they've been in default to their consumers. So for perspective, in 2014, the Bank of America was fined over $16 billion for financial fraud. And in the same year, they were fined almost $730 million for illegal credit card practices. Further, in 2022, they were fined $225 million for disbursement violations. And this year alone, they're ready at $250 million. Some crazy big numbers going on for Bank of America. Let's have a look at the update from Mark Zuckerberg and Threads. It was the storyline that dominated last week, but it's come to a bit of a standstill. They were the fastest reaching app to get to 100 million users, and it was all over the papers. However, it's quickly been dismayed. Overall, online interest from Google, SimilarWeb, etc., is already down 89%, and usage on the app is down 50%, with even Mark Zuckerberg not having posted on Threads for five days in a row. Arguably, the fact that Threads is not integrated with Facebook, WhatsApp, or Instagram has really been a downside on the app. So previously, when Facebook copied other features, such as having the Snapchat features, they integrated directly into WhatsApp, Facebook, and Instagram. And when they've copied things like the marketplace, that too was integrated into Instagram and Facebook. However, Threads has no form of link other than clicking on your Instagram profile to get to the Threads, and it is not looking good for the company. 
And just to touch on the metaphoric cage match between Threads and Twitter, or Zuck and Elon, this week, Elon and Twitter announced their revenue sharing from all the advertisements to all of their content creators, with creators being paid anywhere from $1,000 to $25,000 simply for posting on Twitter. Moving on, Ensemblers, and it's finally time to see the SEC get some of their own stuff handed to them. This week, finally, after a case board in 2020, a judge ruled in favor of Ripple in a lawsuit that actually questioned whether Ripple was a security token. So for perspective, Judge Torres ruled in favor of Ripple on the basis that the actual token itself was a digital token and not itself a contract, transaction, or scheme. So to give you perspective, what the US law system states is that in order for a asset or a token to be considered a security, it needs to meet the Howey test. And the Howey test has four elements. The first being that there is an investment for money. The second, that there's a common enterprise. Third, that there's the expectation of receiving profits. And fourth, that profits are derived from a specific effort of others. So what we saw this week is the SEC get a unfavorable judgment. Ripple received a favorable judgment. And off the back of it, the XRP token went running. What is the market saying to this, Tim? Well, the market is running as a whole. And I think the, the most important thing here is that it is one month only after the SEC came out and publicly announced that around 15 of the top 20 crypto tokens were all securities. But now there's going to be a difficult situation that a federal judge has ruled fourth biggest crypto token in the world, the actual biggest outside stablecoin, USDT, Bitcoin and Ethereum is not a security. We don't know what it is, but we do know that it's going to be an uphill battle for the SEC to confirm that all of these others are indeed securities and the market ripped, particularly for all of those other altcoins that were listed as, as securities by the SEC a month ago. There's two downsides, however. The first is the fact that the SEC may bring an appeal against this judgment, which could really push the court case out for a much longer duration. But actually what is surprising is the fact that the SEC chair, Gary Gensler, has still maintained that digital assets exhibit characteristics of security, notwithstanding this judgment. In fact, their press release this week actually spoke a lot to the Howey test as opposed to acknowledging the judgment. So let's see what's going to happen. And you keep bringing up this Howey test and just ensemblers so you know, this Howey test was about the sale of orange groves over 50 years ago, well before the age of the internet, well before the age of cryptocurrency. So it's well and truly outdated and needs a refurb regardless of crypto or not. And just ensembles, one final thing on securities and why this is brought up so much and get so much airtime is basically when you register to become a security or a, an investment contract, all it means is these companies need to go through hell and high water to comply and register with all of these governing bodies. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of resources, which a lot of these small companies just simply don't have. So being listed as a security will be known as stifling innovation. We want these small startups to be able to not meet these 50-year-old archaic laws and to be able to build and innovate throughout. So off the back of the good news that actually happened with XRP this week, we've also seen some positive news with the Bitcoin ETFs around the world. So Australia had its first application received for a spot ETF in that jurisdiction whilst Europe confirmed that it would launch its first spot Bitcoin ETF later this month. We've also seen acknowledgement by the SEC of BlackRock spot ETF, 
as well as Fidelity, Funec, Wisdom Tree, and Investco's spot ETFs. So lots of different applications. And imagine if all of these are approved at the same time. And that's just for a bit of context, those funky words that Dane just said are the biggest money makers in the world, in America definitely, and in the world as well. BlackRock with over eight and a half trillion dollars fidelity with four and a half and some of the others not dissimilar. The only little bit of FUD, fear, uncertainty, doubt this week was again, I know I sound like a broken record on Sumbles, was Binance again. They fired 13% of their company or a thousand staff, but CZ, the CEO, came out and said that it was just FUD and they are still hiring. They're just cleaning up their ranks, but never good to see, especially after they got rid of four key executives last week. Wrapping up the markets, and Bitcoin is now at $30,200, but did break $31,000 this past week. Ethereum is up 3% to $1,950, but also broke $2,000 this past week. Lastly, the Dow is up 0.3%, the S&P is down 0.1%, and the NASDAQ is down 0.2%. Ensemblers, that's all for today. Keep stacking, hodling, building, and maximizing our ROI. And remember, you're not alone. You're part of our ensemble, trying to get a bit financially smarter every day.